Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brother. Previously, I'm gaining for riffs. Gain it for riffs, dear riffsters. We are back, and it is a wonderful uh, eve before Christmas Eve, as they yes. say. Yes, gain it for riffmas. Yes, uh, recording live, of course, as always. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we do it. No one knows how we do this. Like we're actually no talking knows. as you are listening right now. We are talking. No yeah. other pod is doing it like this. It's a kind of a quantum uh, time-space uh, interrogation technique that we developed during this half year of making Gain It For Riffs. Um, more than half a year, actually. Uh, Jonathan, how are you over in Stockholm? I'm pretty good, actually. I've had a lot on, on my plate, again, with the studies and stuff, but it's kind of coming together. So that's good. Mm. But uh, also, uh, uh, we've been preparing for this Captain Beyond special. We've already outed it, and I haven't had the time to to dive into it and do it justice just yet. Mm. So that one might be a New Year's special, something like that. Because mm. I'm close But I know, uh, yeah. I know there's a lot of hard riff presents under the Christmas tree. So um, uh, I'm uh, excited to get started. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a strange, a strange, uh, strange times, strange, strange times indeed. But uh, <laughs> and on uh, Christmas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just felt that you know like it, it's just going getting crazier and crazier for you future folks listening yeah. back riff archaeologists and uh so on um but some good things i don't know uh, what, what's good in your life that would be nice to hear yeah i mean uh, got, i got back in shape a little bit lately that's good uh, sleep mm-hmm. better uh, right and uh, wake up better so that's good uh Kind of getting on board with school, but that's still, you know, hasa se fram a little bit. So I'm not sure that's like mm. really good. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's been a pretty pretty rough half year. It's not, yeah. it's not the greatest uh, so far, but I think I'm, I'm kind of getting on top of it, uh, and then that's good, I guess. And I feel I feel rather inspired, at least. So I'm not like num- numbed out or anything like that. More like I would say more challenged than than uh, apathetic. So that's good, I guess. What about you? That's great. The, the, yeah, I like that. I mean, I was just uh, looking at your Facebook. You were kind of riffing back in time with this amazing film from, I don't know, somewhere in Southeast Asia. You were traveling Lanka, on yeah. the mountainside. Yeah, I put it on Sri our Lanka. Instagram as well, on, on the Gaining for Riffs yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Searching yeah. for riffs. Beautiful. 
it looks really nice. Yeah. I was like, oh god, and just like traveling, I, I could even see myself like travel to Denmark or something like yeah. any, anything at Hell this yeah. point. Hell yeah, Denmark anything would be. <laughs> Actually, I dreamt. I dreamt the night to this night. I dreamt that my parents moved to Malmö, and like, oh, they live super close to Copenhagen now. Perfect. And your parents move moved back together, also, or what? Was, uh, no, was I think they just <laughs> either of them. It wasn't really specified in the dream, but either of them like, okay. took their their partner and moved to. <laughs> Malmo. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I feel, I feel uh, strange, you know, like I, I've been away from Stockholm for my Swedish friends and I have this, uh, of course, tenuous uh, uh, relationships with everyone that you want to ke- keep going. We're talking every week, which is a big help, yeah. keeps me grounded a little bit, but it's like, ah, man, are people forgetting about me? That's uh, always, you know, always a scare, always mm-hmm. a fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. I have, but I mean, I've chosen this life. I've chosen living in uh, Amsterdam, and things are pretty good. I, they're really good. I'm just yeah. like every day renovating my new apartment. Uh, got dust all over my body. I just came from there, took a little bike ride through town, uh, looked at people in masks walking very far away from each other, <laughs> uh, very far apart, and uh, yeah, Christmas. I don't know. It's not that much. There's not a lot of Christmas joy, uh, no. but <laughs> but there is something. I think there is something. I had this absurdly random question that I, when I was walking yesterday, I thought I wanted to ask you about. Uh, like, mm-hmm. what's your opinion on masquerades, on masquerade parties? <laughs> it's better than ever, I guess, to have a mask on. <laughs> like, would what be is very fitting? Is it is it a good way? Is it a good party? Like everyone is supposed to dress up, or is it just pressure? You're not going to be... Because, I mean, originally Christmas was a bit of a masquerade uh, mm. with the Saturnalia party that uh, the, the Romans used to do. And as well, some of yep. the pagan parties up here. Like, it was really mm. like this midwinter kind of... Uh, also the old carnivals, which were completely mad, you know. They were risky stuff. <laughs> you had to send your daughters abroad when the carnival came to town. Uh, but, <laughs> like, we don't do masquerades much anymore. And when we do, they're kind of just annoying, I think. You just have to find this excuse of an outfit, but shouldn't it be really fun to do like a masquerade party? Yeah. Uh, while I think of the answer, because I kind of have it, uh, I, I did do this action uh, a couple of weeks ago when my neighbors downstairs, they wanted me to hand their Dutch uh, Christmas presents to them. It's a, a, and you can imagine in Sweden, you have someone, your drunk uncle may be coming by dressed up as Santa, you know, sitting there with putting All the right. kids in their in the lap and so on, smelling of alcohol. But this was kind of the best uh, kind of masquerade, kind of best, uh, I don't know, piece of theater. And easiest, but also kind of fun. That uh, I had all the presents in the in a bag, and I put it outside the door, and I banged super hard on the door. I mean, like, a, <laughs> really like a really angry neighbor or something. Really violent. This was like the instructions that I got. Yeah. And I, I did it. And then uh, I did it again, you know, and then I ran ran away. And then the kids came and opened the door and there was presents and they were super happy. And the mm, okay. <laughs> neighbor, the uh, neighbor day after was like, oh, such a good performance. Last week they just rang, the, uh, last year they just rang the doorbell and the kids were so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was That's a, a bit but, Yeah, going back, uh, yeah, so that was what came to mind. But uh, going back to your original question, I, I don't know. 
it's um, it's always someone makes a lot of uh, effort, and most people just come dressed in uh, like potato bags or how yeah, do you say exactly. It? Uh, <laughs> like I think last last masquerade I went to was the theme of M. There was a guy named Martin, a friend of uh, Antonio, and those guys, and that was mm. uh, the worst um, performance on my part because at the time I was working <laughs> in the Army Museum in Stockholm, and I was that was, was quite was some working. time ago. Yeah, I was working a shift and I thought, okay, M is like military, so I'm going to take this uh, random military uniform from our prop set. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, I, I knew that we had these dramatized exhibitions and stuff, so I didn't want to take anything that was part of any of those. Uh, so I took this random green, uh, didn't even look that good. I mean, I had to explain that I was military. It was really like a poor <laughs> performance on my end. And then adding to that, they had a special the day after at work regarding that exact era, and they needed that exact outfit. So I was also Ooh. busted stealing it, <laughs> and had to go for a, for a crisis meeting with my boss in the other end of the building. <laughs> it's absolute, the, it's the worst, the worst yeah, performance the worst. on every oh, end yeah. of it. Oh. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. I think it was after we talked about getting fired. I didn't get fired this time either, but it was another one of those crises. Like, uh, you can't call. just go steal the props. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> that was the last masquerade I attended. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Trying to remember my last one. If I don't know, I, I think I've once paid, painted uh, like a, a, a portrait of uh, of uh, of some uh, like a, a monster, let's say, and I put it in. Uh, I, I wrapped it, and then I had some girlfriend do makeup on me and I went as Dorian Gray or something, you know, and I just like <laughs> think about it. I don't know, it's a bit cringe. <laughs> I guess so, I guess so. I mean, uh, I was in Nickelvik school and the art school in, in leading uh, uh, and, then, and then I got like a, a face pain from my then girlfriend. I think that was one of my best outfits mm. that I had, but that was more a Halloween party, so it's not really, it was like this kind of Mexican, Dia de los Muertos oh. face. And I think yeah, that was my I best actually, one so far. Oh, yeah. I actually remember maybe we were at the same one because I was dressed uh, as a like a pandemic doctor. <laughs> like everyone's yeah. dressed now with right. the, with this uh, protection suit and a, uh, and a gas mask. And then oh. I brought like my uh, my friend uh, the gimp who was dressed in a big mask and rags and was just like <laughs> walking around in the basement. I had to get him up. It was just weird. <laughs> That was pretty oh, good. Gimp. That's always a strong, strong one too. I mean, I, I just saw a photo of Bruce Dickinson's old band. I don't know if you've seen that, Samson. Uh, no. It's the most broken band image ever. Bruce Dickinson has a tie and no shirt. It's a tie on bare chest and a mustache. And ah, yeah, no, I seen this one. <laughs> and then, the, then there's a gimp in the background, and then a random guy with the, like a mullet and a red shirt, like, the, and then a guy with a leather jacket. It looks terrible. <laughs> They have to stick with <laughs> one. Really they should stick with one look, kind of at least. <laughs> I don't know. It was. I'm. I'm glad that band didn't continue. What a terrible band! No. Really, I think a lot of those new wave of British heavy metal bands didn't have much to come with. That's why they, none of them really survived past '85, except for Maiden. Yeah, exactly. I mean, good, good of Maiden to save uh, Bruce Bruce <laughs> to their band. <laughs> Bruce Bruce. Yeah, it was Bruce Bruce before Bruce he changed Bruce. it, and his real name Bruce is Dickinson. Paul. Paul uh, Bruce, actual first name, Paul Bruce. <laughs> Actually, Paul Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, they're all named Paul. <laughs> they had three singers named Paul. 
Yeah, anyway, we're on this uh, riff mess today. Uh, did you find a riff? I know that you've had, uh, you have your, your part of the Captain Beyond special prepared. It's just that I'm slagging a little bit behind. So we're in this peculiar yeah. situation now when we have to do uh, just do an episode, I guess. I guess, I guess. No, I, I got something I wanted to do for a long time, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we, I think um, <laughs> I'm a bit unsure. <laughs> So, it's, a, it's a bit. Uh, it's a very stressful uh, uh, time right now. It's a lot of things going on. But yeah. uh, hey, yeah, uh, dear listener, you shouldn't worry about that. We're always here to bring you riffs every week. So right, right. Yeah, you want to start? Yeah, I can start. Uh, yeah, okay. as you say, it's been kind of stressful. Time's flying also because I don't know if you're listening near the equator. Uh, here, up here, like there's no day at the moment. We haven't. <laughs> we haven't seen it. The sun peaked out for a minute the other day. That's about it. So it feels like you're you're, you're in this uh, continuous night and just uh, the days fly by. There's already Christmas coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm not keeping track, but I have some riffs, at least. Uh. <laughs> You know? No. <laughs> that was really short. <laughs> really wow. short, yeah. Another one. Here we go. Also quite short. Yeah, I, now it's something like uh, I, I have a, a light above my head, but still it's it's not lit. Uh, <laughs> do you have one more? Um, yeah, I think so. Let's see here. Shorts. Yeah, uh, this is really hard. Okay, you yeah. have to help me. Yeah, it's, what are we um, listening to? Uh, uh, it's all these titles are in German. Ah, it's uh, Rammstein. Yeah, correct. Okay. So, yeah. Right. So I started it's... with Keine Lust, uh, and then it was um, Sonne, and then the last one was uh, Links zwei drei vier. Ah. From three different albums by uh, this German outfit industrial rock outfit or what would you even call this genre uh like uh sensationalistic uh german pop yeah i think so i think that's quite, that's quite spot on like if they were an uh, a director who would they be because they wouldn't be the steven spielberg of proto heavy metal <sighs> no they would be um well i mean there there is uh, it's more it's more lucas modison of uh uh of german expressionist uh metal or <laughs> maybe i don't maybe. know if they're metal. i mean or, it's really it's really uh or kind of a lars von trier but that's because they were in a lars von trier film that i'm thinking of him and also yeah. uh, who was this guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> they turn. They were in the, very early on, also in this film by um, the Twin Peaks dude. Who was that? Who was his name again? Uh, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. they're in uh, Lost Highway. It, 
Lost Highway, yeah. With their and original then... title track, Rammstein. Ah, yeah. Which yeah. I think it refers to some kind of fire, right? I think that's what uh, Rammstein, Rammstein is. it's, uh, yeah, it was a, I think it was a fire at the military base or in Rammstein, the city. Mm, okay. uh, something like this. That makes sense. I don't know. It's a bit, uh, for me, that seems a bit like taken out of nowhere, but maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it's also taken out of context badass. for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, interesting. I was thinking about uh, Rammstein a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, looking at uh, Du Hast, uh, which was the first song I heard by uh, the band. Oh, it's so long ago. It's uh, like, uh, yeah, mm. when it came out, I think. What can it be, 94? Yeah, very long ago. Late 90s or even mid 90s, maybe. Mm. And the band has had but the it... same actual lineup ever since and stayed very <sighs> active at that. So I think it, they work really well together. And it could be because they started with a clear vision and with a significant age, too. They were all 30 plus at the time. Really? Of yeah, I mean, around okay, 30. At wow. least. Yeah. It was a long time ago, so that would make them super old now. But I think, yeah, around 30 at least, uh, that already at the time. And um, like Till, the singer, Till Lindemann, he wasn't even a singer. He was just this Olympic swimmer. <laughs> but then, for some reason, I guess they felt that he would be a strong frontman. And in the beginning, he was basically just talking, right? Uh, with a badass voice. And then he slowly started to sing these simple melodies with this kind of broken grandfather voice which mm. I think actually works quite well. I think that sets them apart from a lot of the other, let's say, new metal or industrial metal outfits, that his voice is so, like, f- kind of fragile in a sense when he's singing clean, like in Sonne with the... <laughs> he doesn't sound, you know, it is not, he's not very aggressive uh, when he's singing clean. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's like singing, uh, you know, like, but if, like the first song I heard was Du Hast, of course, which is super brutal. Du Hast, Du Hast mich, Du Hast mich gesagt, Du Hast mich gefragt, Du Hast mich gesagt, Du Dina nicht gesagt, Bist du, bist du tote Scheide, Neue habe für alle Tage, Du, nein. That's pretty I think that is a pretty good vocal delivery, the it is, it is. Uh, the pre-chorus there, and um, maybe not for me, but for him, uh, really like stand out, I think. But I, I know what you mean because he kind of got, uh, kind of used that um, contrasting uh, fragility later on in uh, in a lot of songs. Yeah, uh, kind of singing more with this uh, kind of heartfelt, I would say. Uh, his singing took a turn towards that. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like uh, op- opening your chest, like, you know, here I am kind of thing. Not protecting, not overly protective mm. of himself, like just uh, maybe, yeah, wearing your heart on your sleeve in a sense. That's the feeling you get. And I think that might be a big part of why they are so big. And also for me, I'm not, you know, this, this era, a lot of the bands I really loathe, I really don't like. Like System of a Down, I think is one of the worst bands in the history of bands. Like it's a terrible band. But somehow Rammstein works. And I've been mm. trying to think of what's the deal. Like, why does this band actually work for me and so many others? Uh, and I think it could be the kind of, also, that they have a plan also. Like, they started as proper adults. Because in East Berlin, when they were young, you couldn't even get a guitar. No, yeah. Like, the, the, he had to go to, you had to go to, like, Czech Republic or something to get a guitar, guitar which is, sounds crazy by today's standards. 
Yeah, but I, I think that also that um, uh, their appeal is, uh, I think it's kind of twofold. Uh, I think it is surprisingly, uh, it's it's a bit surprising uh, that such like good anthemic music uh, it's sung in uh, in German can become a hit in the West and uh, like really uh, make everyone, you know, kind of, uh, sing along in their best fake German like I just did, but then yeah. also when they uh, that that they also toured re- relentlessly with what I must say is the best live show I ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. It's so costly as well. Such a yeah, econ- even even economically, it's such a stunt to just pull it off. And I mean, mm-hmm. even in the start when they started out, Till immediately got licenses to do pyro. So that he could walk around in his fire suits and stuff. So they, they really had their eye on what they wanted to do. And I saw an interview with the, the keyboard player, I forgot his name now, but uh, he said that the vision they had was to make vielleicht ein bisschen langweilig music. So, you know, a bit tedious music, which I've <laughs> yeah. never heard a band say, you know, that's a very adult decision, I think. Like, no kids want to make tedious music that kind of drags and drags. But that's part of their... You know. It is a bit tedious, right? It just goes and goes and uh yeah, I mean the the riffs themselves uh are not that in uh, I don't think that's they're that interesting, but you have the the keyboard player whose name uh, I don't know, but uh the gimp of the band, you could say. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, it's a, re- a really catchy uh, melodies together with the with the singing. It's uh, super effective. Very important, uh, I must say. Uh, it, it's really like not music I listen to often. No, no never, neither. I would say. But when when I saw them live, I think that was just great. Yeah. Uh, th- then the music really comes to its own. It's really you really understand it. It really works well because you know there's so many. I, I wanted to ask you this also because I started thinking about it that that so, some of your favorite bands might also be the worst bands to see live. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it's just like it's just te- tedious in a, in another way. I mean, in, in, way, in yeah. the opposite way that that there's like um, was it very very complicated or very. Uh, melodic layered bands that just can't uh, bring the music uh, live in, a, right. in any good way while um, I think it's a smart uh, smart uh, decision on uh, Rammerstein's part that they make the music so sim- very simple so that they don't yeah. have to worry about the songs working live uh, they just need to bring it with their uh, stage act I would say more this theatrics and the fire that's just like Insane! They burned down the stage at uh, Hultsfred one time. <laughs> was that where you saw them? Because that's where I saw them, Hultsfred. And I, think I we was. Attended the same it was one. not when they was not when they burned down. But I, I think it was the year before. Actually, they were invited back, <laughs> although <laughs> they burned down the stage. Yeah, <laughs> no, I saw them there. I think I only remember like uh, some uh, licorice licorice dildo. I was spraying licorice with a dildo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a long time ago, but I also remember that it was a great show, and I I was really close to seeing them last time, but I like um, I had a bit of bad luck with my timing, so I had accepted a shift at work, and it kind of collided, and I accepted it so late, so it was too late to 
to go back yeah. and I kind of regret that because I know how much diesel they burnt for that gig and it must have been nice to see <laughs> <laughs> an incredibly un-environmentally un- friendly band there's a lot of diesel Definitely. consumption Definitely. Uh, I don't know. Like, do you know uh, anything of their? Uh, I don't know their private lives. I mean, the Tills. Yeah. Like, what kind of person is he? I mean, uh, <laughs> Till. I have a funny story really about know. because a friend of mine, or a, a, like a, at least a musical acquaintance of mine, uh, Marcus from a band called Sterbhaus. He's not a German band. He's a German name, but uh, he was playing. In, he was drunk backstage in, in some festival. And he and everyone was kind of daring him. It's like you don't dare to say anything to Till. And and he was very drunk and cocky. And he went up to him and said, "Like Till, you're rumored to have a really small cock." And everyone was accepting him, expecting him to get punched in the face or something. And Till turned him to him and laughed. Ha ha ha! It's true. <laughs> That's a personal story. Uh, that's pretty much what I know. And uh, yeah, and also he he said that he. He was also like he had been married six times or something, and that was also true. Mm-hmm. So he seems like this kind of yeah, it's kind of unstable character. I don't know, but uh, Richard Cruspe is quite prolific too. The the main guitarist, I guess you could say, they have two guitarists, but they both kind of sm- play the exact same things just to make this wide sound right. So uh, that's yeah. also part of their simplistic approach, you know, like uh, kind of lust. Uh, and um, just, just, I think they have an architectural approach with their music, mm-hmm. like building a house. And that kind of brings, uh, you know, that's a Berlin thing too with the techno music they do over there and everything. It's very tiled up very neatly. Like there's no yeah. there's no raw chaos in it, and I think Richard also said that he very often he tried to make his own pulse the same as the metronome of the song in the studio. You know, if his pulse is too slow, he runs a little bit to get it up to the to the tempo of the ah, song, yeah. or or if it's too um, too high, he relaxes, breathes slower, trying to make it uh, back to uh, to the tempo, which is kind of madman's method, I guess. But it sounds tight, so. I guess he's doing something right. And he also had this, uh, he moved to America as well. Started this uh, other band, like, um, I think it's Emigrant or something, but I haven't heard it. Uh, I don't know too much about them. I saw this uh, documentary many years back, but I didn't have time to re-watch it now. But uh, kind of interesting to to have a look at them. And that was shot like 20 years back or something, but uh, Mm. they've stayed intact and they are one of the biggest bands, I think, in, um, in rock Europe. Yeah, no, they probably are. But I'm just thinking when I la- when they were last, you know, kind of uh, in the now. I've, and I think I remember when, and it was kind of, of course, a big scandal, as <laughs> they like to uh, to do it. They made this music video, which was essentially a, a porn flick. Yeah, uh, with the band members, uh, uh, let's say, fucking uh, women. And uh, in with uh, with their faces, kind of uh, before deep fake was a thing, but yeah. they were you know cut uh, edited in to yeah, look very ugly, uh, superimposed on top of the porn. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's really weird. I saw it once and I was like, okay, 
<laughs> but the fact is, I was going to get to this song, Pussy, because we got inspired yeah. by the music of it. Not the concept, but the music. <laughs> and we made this song <laughs> called Help Computer. Yeah, that's uh, true. That was ins- very inspired by that song. And, you know, funnily enough, it turned out to be one of the songs that uh, we made at that time that was most appreciated. I think because <laughs> we kind of really, really made it dumb, you know. We really dumbed yeah, that, it down that, with this uh, idiotic uh, arpeggio synth and then just mashing <laughs> of guitars that I think you performed. And, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, is, it was really like uh, meme music before there were memes. We right. uh, were super inspi- heavily inspired by this uh, G.I. Joe parody. Uh, public service announcements up, uh, uh, like, yeah, kind of uh, parody film. Fans of films, uh, I think we can edit something in here. Yeah, they're still available yeah. on YouTube, so let's edit something in and also maybe help computer can end this episode because it's a fun song. Mm, probably. probably. Uh, oh, yeah! Oh, hell no. Nah. What's up, dog? What? I'm a computer. Stop all the downloading. Help computer. I don't know much about computers other than other than the one we got in my house. My mom put a couple games on there and I played. G.I. Joe! On your mark, get set, go. Hey, what the fuck? No way! <laughs> Suck my dog, bitch! <laughs> I believe I knew your mother, son. You know my mom? Would your name happen to be Johnny Jericho? Yeah. What's it been, 13 years? What? What? Fourteen, my lord. It's like I'm looking in a mirror. Does your mother still hang out at Dockside Bars? Bar. Dockside Bar? It was there. It Johnny, do you play baseball? So actually, that's why I wanted to bring Rammstein to Gain It For Riffs. That was the oh, connection. Okay, okay. That was the actual connection. It's good <laughs> that you called it. And uh, I mean, there's probably tons more to say about this band, but uh, I wanted to keep it a little simple here. Um, just have a yeah. little bit of fun with these simple riffs and, you know, kind of also give them the credit that is due. I think many see them as this kind of jokester band or, um, you know, just a big phenomena or uh, like a burlesque show or, um, you know, kind of pure entertainment but i think they have a lot of architecture in what they do i think it's very well thought through well planned and well executed all those three things so i think a little bit of credit is due even though i also don't really listen to them i listen to them around the mother period muta uh, which was almost 20 years ago i think that was released yeah. um, that one is the only one i have and then i this riff that i brought out first kind of lust i really dig the video with the fat suits and they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're coming out of one limo each and look like Elvis at the end of his life. Super fat in white suits. And then, you know, they all get oxygen. They have beautiful girls with them. They give them oxygen tanks. like <laughs> So they can still stand up and play. And then they just start headbanging and rocking out with these super fat bellies. I think it's a cool video. Yeah. Except for the synth player, nice. of course. He's thin as usual. Yeah. It's... it's I, I, when I think about him, I think of like a long time ago. I remember my friend uh, Rickard really loved them. 
and we would sit in his uh, parents' room where there was a PC, and we would play uh, Doom, Doom Two or Half Life, maybe uh, listening to either. He had two favorite bands: uh, Rammstein and. Eddie Medusa, uh, two right. favorite artists, and later Six Feet Under. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of pretty much this kind of stuff. Yeah, Maybe you exploited know him, or course. something. Exploited, I think some punk in there as well. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, but I know him. Yeah, last Rammstein time I met him, like, last time I met him, he had kind of cleaned up his act too. He was riding around cruising this Coca Cola truck. Mm. He was driving a shit ton of bo- of Coca Cola cans, because uh, prior to that, I had mostly seen him in ditches and parks. With a lot of wine, kind of like that. Yeah, but they did. You did uh, show me this video where they kind of made. A, I don't know. Was it from Sweden Rock Festival <laughs> or? Yeah, well, I, I forgot it. But what did they do? No, there was a, a there was some kind of report from outside the porta potties at the festival. Oh, and yeah. All of a sudden, like some someone uh, comes out of a porta potty, and then it's followed by another person. And then, like maybe like fourteen, twenty people comes out, and last <laughs> oh, yeah. is Rickard, uh, and of course he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. which is amazing. Really, <laughs> that good. was great. Yeah, that was great. Shout yeah. out to Rickard, yeah. Cla- classic guy, classic guy. But I think yeah, yeah that's about it for my segment. Really, I mean, I could have had more to bring, but also like nice to just touch on it a little bit, and uh, maybe I'll do a little medley of the riffs, unless you have a Rammstein riff to put in here. Uh, no, that was not. <laughs> well, that was a nice riff, though. But okay, here's here's uh, a little bit of a little bit of an end for this segment. I was kind of preparing for a uh, Captain Beyond special today, so I was a bit uh, uh, like a bit okay. What should I? What should I get? Like when we started doing this podcast, I was always kind of prepared, had like a couple of five riffs, you know, always at the ready. But now, late uh, like for the last episodes, we had so little time to do it. I mean, now we're playing live, so I mean, I just have to grab something, yeah, sort of. But I got this nice effect, so we'll see uh, see how it goes. Which one? Maybe I do this one. Right. Yeah, it's, it's such a characteristic right. drill that one. I I have heard this riff, one hundred percent sure. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, not going to keep you guessing, but it's one of my favorite bands uh, of a certain era. It's uh, Corrosion of Conformity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, dance of the Dead. Or dance with the Dead. Dance of the Dead. Right. So uh, it starts yeah, of off with immediately this uh, fantastic... Yeah, and it's uh, this shuffled tune that just like begs to be a headbang too. It's a real banger, I must say. It's from the well, it's a 1989 album uh, "Blind," uh, which features uh, Pepper Keenan of uh, Down Fame on uh, lead guitar and Woody Weatherman on rhythm and lead guitar, as well as uh, Mike Dean on bass. And uh, Reed Mullen on drums. And also we have uh, Carl Agell, one-time singer on this very album uh, and no other albums that I know of. Hmm. He only feature, he is only featured on one album in the world. And he is a fucking amazing singer. It's extremely good. Um, and it, it's just it's a big part of, of this song also is the... I think the lyrics and the the vocal delivery, but the uh, the riffs also. I mean, um, if we put, I mean, we we I featured uh, quite a lot of down uh, some months ago, and uh, it's a, it's a quite similar musical landscape we're moving in here with uh, yeah. uh, corrosion of conformity. Um, do it you have is. any initial thoughts? Yeah, at first I was going to ask you, have, is this a reprise of any band that we've done? Because I had Melvin's in my head a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's even more close to, I guess, uh, to Down that you did before. But uh, this song was also on your old, my old favorite playlist of yours, True Metal No Fake. So, you know, I'm very familiar with this song because I used to listen to that playlist. It was a good playlist, you know, nice and random. And I think because we have so little time lately... I think it had some positive effect because you bring in all these riffs that really stuck with you, you know, that you yeah, didn't it, have uh, to look up or you didn't have to research and, and, and try to get in. And then it's really good riffs, you know. This is an amazing <laughs> riff. I love it. I love the drill in the beginning. It's so characteristic that I could immediately not identify the name of the song, but identify that it's a riff I like, a riff I heard. So I don't know much about the band, but I love the riff. Yeah, band. I mean, yeah, I know Pepper Keenan, of course, um, cool guy, and mm-hmm. I know that James Hetfield was uh, very inspired by this band. We addressed that in the Metallica special that, uh, that he really got into. That was part of the '90s sound that they got into. It was yeah, corrosive conformity, maybe. Um, yeah, Black Sabbath and maybe uh, Alice in Chains. You know, those three bands kind of formed '90s Metallica to a large extent when they got more muscular yeah. and groove oriented, right? <laughs> Definitely, but I think he kind of misunderstood. All three Point. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> kind of. So, uh, so actually, well, well, um, this this era, uh, the the blind uh, era of um, of conformity, is kind of still in their hardcore days. I mean, this kind of a um, hardcore metal album, I would say, rather than a southern rock album, which they totally became later, or right. kind of a, but they more m- with a sludge edge i would say uh but this album really like it's it has some hardcore upbeat um very political stance which they kind of lose later which i think is um both good and and bad i think they have they i think for for um 
um, for being political, I think their their take on it's very interesting. Um, how they they don't go immediately for the throat of anyone. They kind of uh, use very smart uh, allegories and uh, metaphors for their uh, for their thoughts of the dance of the dead. I mean, you can you can really apply to uh, a lot of things. For Tom Pauses, yeah. I let up uh, lyriken. Yeah, I think. Uh... Corrosion. I think this is their best album in my in my case, but I haven't listened to all of them. Obviously, I listened to a bit to Deliverance as well. But I think uh, this album, Blind, is really good. I like the singer a lot. I didn't know it was the only album he did. That's kind of a pity. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And the hardcore yeah. sound is is really doing it for me on this one. And I think, regard <laughs> with regards to this political message, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun thing. I listened to another pod the other day, Pod of Thunder. It's called it Used to Be a Kiss Podcast, but now it's just a rock podcast. <laughs> And they, I like it. Yeah, and they do these requests. They have this uh, bonzo, bozo pewter that they put in, like, uh, there's a thousand requests in it, and they put on random. And then they only get yeah. three chances, uh, the third one they have to do. And in this episode, they had to do their, their, their the worst band imaginable for them, which is Disturbed. Okay. You know them, right? Could be for me. Could... Down with the sickness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they start really, good. they get really frustrated with this Dave, David Dramian guy. And they read that, okay, <laughs> the band is called Disturbed, and they start discussing, why is it called Disturbed? It's an annoying name, even. And then they figure that it's when he came into the band, he, he came with the name, too, Disturbed. And, it's, it's <laughs> and they get really pissed off with him for saying, like, I was contemplating for years to come up with this name, being so disturbed by the conformity of society. You know, just kind of completely not wearing it. Uh, so like corrosion of conformity yeah. is kind of what they is the good version of the shit that is disturbed mm. kind of um, yeah, more subtle, I mean, it, more nice, disturbed is this kind of gym guy music, right, just kind of get pumped for the gym, it's really <laughs> stupid but you know, I guess what I'm trying to get to is that there's a fine line in, in hard political music between being a complete joke or not political, mm. but you know message filled heavy music yeah yeah, between yeah. a complete joke like David Raymond with his uh, uh, piercings and stuff and his long coats or, or being cool uh, like Croatian yeah. conformity something I'm trying like to think if they made a, they made, <laughs> Disturbed made this uh, very unfortunate cover of uh, Bridge oh, Over Troubled Water right? no it was Sound of Silence but so bad oh okay even worse even, yeah, even worse yeah, so, and it was hailed as one of the best vocal performances in rock Sound of Silence <laughs> <laughs> and then so also Russell Crowe <laughs> came out and said that it was his favorite band. No. <laughs> yeah. Disturbed. No. What the hell? He seems like a super relaxed guy who's a bit violent, but the, does he have to listen to Disturbed? Oh, okay. yeah, I don't oh, know. Disturbed. They're really big over in the States. I think that's why they have maybe more animosity towards them there than here. But <sighs> it's a terrible band, really. It's a good example of why Crowe's Conformity is a great band. Yeah, it's fun how you how you mix uh, the titles and stuff here because Animosity is the name of the album just before, huh. uh, before this one, and then uh, you have uh, Eye for an Eye. Uh, this was really their metal core or hardcore days, uh, but then they went with uh, Deliverance uh, when uh, Carl Gell was thrown out, uh, Pepper Keenan took over vocal duties, mm. and I must say, I mean the the riffs on this song also. Picked it up. It's really tasty. So it's very different. Right. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit uh, like your old Let's Believe, right? Mm. <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah, but that, that song had a clear uh, inspiration, though. Yeah. When are we going to have a Black Sabbath just special? just on top of you. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to have a like, special? Of course, uh, uh, COC went a bit more towards Black Sabbath also. But, uh, Pepper is a fantastic guitarist because last episode I edited in this this mix of every every country Phil was dedicating songs to in this 25th anniversary, and in order to do that I had to listen to it again. And man, really, boy oh boy, (laughs) it's good playing. It's really 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 good playing. It was even better than last time I heard it. I think it was. It still wins the game of of streams. You know, the game of Corona streams. Mm. And uh, you know all they, of them, the same, but definitely Pepper here. Yeah. On the same album, they they had this uh, song that became really a hit. It's more of a hitty riff. Let's see if I remember it. Help me, Jesus! Help me clean my wounds. Very danceable. Uh, Dance yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, clean my wounds. It uh, became a big. I think their biggest hit. Um, a little bit Michael Jackson, you know. Being a very sorry. A little bit Michael Jackson, you know. A smooth criminal. Yeah. So they are the Michael Jackson of uh, southern metal, you could say at this point. There we go. Um, <laughs> What was Rammstein again? They were the... Oh, we didn't really uh, find the right director for them. Uh, I said something like the Lukas Modison of uh, German... Ex, uh, <laughs> German explosive <laughs> so pop. Yeah, yeah. We're a bit tired here. We're not making the best comparisons. All right, okay, please. No, it, it's cold. Again, I'm, uh, it's always cold here in my studio. The, the heater is a bit far away. Yeah. Is on though, but yeah, uh, I mean, Pepper Keenan, great guitar player, but he also is uh, flanked by um, his friend, uh, the long haired brunette uh, Woody Weatherman. Uh, it was the first time when I was a kid, I was like, Hey, can he really be called Woody? I was like, Before uh, I thought Woody Allen was like the only one, and then it's like more and more people are called Woody, it's such a weird name. Toy Story, uh, yeah, also, that was it, of course, <laughs> those three guys. Um, yeah. But these uh, uh, Pepper and Woody have a. Uh, there is a video of them playing. I think Albatross, the um, the riff I featured there, with um, um, uh, they're playing that riff on YouTube. But it's a really old uh, VHS copy that looks uh, wonderfully terrible. But they were really this like um, really good dual lead uh, kind of guys. 
that always brought it um, on these albums. And, uh, you know, Pepper, he left for Down, but then he came back, uh, and then he left again, and uh, Corrosion of Conformity became like a hardcore band again with the old bass player, you know, and back and forth. Um, he even tried out for Metallica on bass, Pepper Keenan. Yeah, and but it's then, the, kind then of he funny said and, like uh, he said like yeah, I didn't really imagine getting the job, you know. I just wanted to bring a good mood to to the guys, to the auditions, like uh, soft yeah, ease but, them into it by just jamming with them. Yeah, there is an uh, uh, a, a scene that didn't make the film, I think, uh, an extra scene where he kind of really sits down and says, like, "Yeah, but I could do it, but I'm not the one you need. You need someone who's like hundred percent, you know, yeah. like hundred percent into the band. This should be his life." I mean, you're my friends, but it's not. That's not for me. Yeah. I think it's something. I think it's very f- true. Yes, um, but it's nice that he's kind of there just to mo- brighten the mood a little bit. You know, just to visit as an old friend and you know, kind of ease them into the process of, which could be a quite a daunting process of mm-hmm. finding a new member for Metallica. But then they got you know the like an, a pr- professional that true hero really don't don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he cares. Honestly, I don't think he cares that much. Uh, True, he enjoys it, but it's a job. It's a job for him. Yeah, I, I mean, you I just, don't know what kind he's of. He's hard to read. I think Rob Trujillo is kind of hard to read. Like, uh, you don't really know where his heart is. And on, uh, yeah, I don't know. We always <laughs> kind of end up in the ditch called Metallica, right? Uh, this kind of, I don't know what this, if this pod is about something or kind of, kind of circling around something. And I think it's. Maybe it could be the pandemic, but it could also be uh, Metallica. Uh, Metallica, yeah. But uh, and I can understand why um, uh, why James Hetfield was so influenced by uh, kind of like he wanted to play this kind of music because he was listening to a lot of country. Yes. Uh, and I mean, he's not really, you know, he's not from there. It's like, like it's a kind of like a tourist take on like, a, or like an expat trying to get into uh, Dutch society. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And kind of an like imposter. Approaching, a country imposter. Uh, uh, approaching the, uh, approaching like North Carolina type of Southern rock with, uh, I don't know, like a street kid from, uh, from Los Angeles. Like yes. This, uh, I mean, it's street smart, but it's not like, not down with the cows, let's say. Yeah, I mean, he's from a, a place cow- called Downey. He's not Downy, a cowboy, actually. Okay. Uh, Downey, so he's <laughs> down with Downey, I guess. <laughs> I, would, I would have loved if Down, the band was called Downey. <laughs> Downey. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> kind of derogatory, derogatory term. Downey. Yeah, the da- down teens. Yeah. Um, but I could see why he was so influenced by, by these guys, because they were super relaxed, um, kind of laid-back uh, mid-sized band that you know the, they they support uh, they go on or go on supporting tours with Metallica I think and you know they don't have that pressure that uh, James Hetfield had right coming up with the follow-up to Black Album I mean that's a daunting task and I really is failed yeah. which is unfortunate but uh, I mean in a way in a way he failed I think but, also uh, this whole country thing was part of James Hetfield kind of forgiving his father, I think, because you can see his dad is hanging out in the studio uh, during the Black Album recordings. And that's also uh, colliding with James starting to wear cowboy hats and, and boots and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of him trying to lean back into his roots and accept his father or something like that, you know, it's part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's nice in a way. And I think there is this... Um 
very sweet song of uh, from Deliverance also by Croatian of Conformity uh, called ooh, uh, Wings something. Uh, but I, I always noodle it on uh, on guitar. Yeah, let's let's hear like, it. Let's hear it. Very I think nice. it's such kind a chamber, sweet chamber li- music, you know. Yeah, a little bit, but it, it has this. Uh, it comes as an interlude on the album, followed by something really heavy, shugging. Um, but kind of the, Celtic, have, you know. Yeah, but it has a little southern feel also somehow. Yeah, but southern is mixed with Celtic, right? It's kind of mixed oh, Celtic okay. and Afro, sort of, like Irish Ireland plus Africa equals country somehow. It's it's fun if you don't listen too closely. All like, if you say ethnic music or world music, they kind of blend together. They always they use, uh, you know, they stray a bit from the from the regular uh, modes sometimes. So they stray in like similar ways, which is yeah. interesting that they can collide on these notes that we're not familiar with. Uh, I think when you're unfamiliar with something, it kind of uh, blends together. And uh, yep. but it could also be that it's all like the same. But I think there's it's definitely, obvious. like, I don't know where I heard this, maybe when I studied music history or something, that there's a huge part of Irish in country, but it's also mixed with a different kind of beat uh, yeah. that is that is from another part of the world. So, but this mm. I get this from this like, kind, of, kind of chamber. You know, it can be like, ships in the water and they know the tenfold. <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> like sailor music, you know. Yeah. And of course, yeah, the sailors. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the sailors yeah. would later end up on the porches in the south. They have to get to the U.S. somehow, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, and and what what more can I say? Uh, I mean, I, I took some riffs of this band. I think they're really uh, really tasty. I think very good of, riffs. That, yeah, that in a way they. Uh, you know, like the, their lasting power maybe isn't the greatest, but I think when they really bring it together, uh, it really sounds good. And it's and the, I mean, for for having so many different singers, I mean, the the um, Mike Dean, the bass player, also sings on a couple of songs. Uh, they're all good. Carla Gell, Mike Dean, and Pepper Keenan, really good singers. Um, kind of with this uh, ferocity, it's like a similar ferocity to um, to James Hetfield. As well, it's not that far away. Right. If you're like a, a, a casual listener, you might oh, okay. What kind of Metallica track is this? You know, maybe <laughs> that's why. That's also a reason. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think a good save, really, because uh, again, you're ready to do the Captain Beyond special, but I need to put a little bit of time into it. Basically, just because it's so good. Like, there's so much good mm. stuff on that album that we want to dive into. So I really need to get some of it under my belt uh, before doing the episode. It's kind of like uh, when you had to prepare for a Maiden episode. You realize that uh, I don't want to do this half-assed, right? So hopefully it will be in the pipeline very soon. But for now, it was this, you know, kind of improvised, slightly confused, but uh, pretty nice episode, I would say. I'm happy with it. (laughs) 
Yeah, me too. And I'm sitting here like a, a fireside uh, acoustic guitar playing asshole. Uh, <laughs> Campfire. <laughs> noodle. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Christmas, right? It's uh, Christmas, yeah. The har- Merry those Christmas. Hard- yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Dear Christmas. listener, Merry Christmas. Jonathan, Merry Christmas. Sweden. Merry Christmas, Christmas uh, Merry Christmas, Netherlands. Uh, but Denmark. Only c- Germany. Yeah, De- Denmark. Germany. Germany. Am- Japan. America. Scotland. Ireland. UK. <laughs> Western Hansania. Louisiana. All of those guys. Yeah, really Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Yeah. I guess. And we're, we're not going to say Happy New Year yet, because I still have hopes to do the New Year special, the Captain Beyond. Yeah. Uh, for That would be the day before New Year's Eve. Hopefully, That's yeah, plan. yeah. No, I mean, maybe we'll sit, you know, live uh, on New Year's Eve with all the fireworks outside, just uh, riffing it out. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Uh, he who lives shall see. And of course, only coal in the sack goes to coronavirus. Uh, I'm over and done with you. I've had enough. Uh, you can go home now. Bring your friends. Pretty much. Did you see that metal remix with uh, that crazy TV preacher? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It was good. I keep forgetting his name. Steven something. Ah, oh, anyway, everyone has seen it. It was well done. Anyway, I liked it. Yeah, uh, it's funny. It looks like uh, uh, when the villain in the movie The Mask gets the mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. how he. Lo- that's what it looks <laughs> like. <laughs> really brutal face. <laughs> Very brutal face. I can see how he gets influence. You know, with his voice too. COVID, oh, you demon. You foul stench of the virus demon. <laughs> yeah. Copeland, I think his name is. Stephen Steve, Copeland. Ah. Mm. Anyway, everyone has seen him. So I want to thank you, dear listener, again. Merry Christmas to you. And thanks for sticking with us for another week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play Help Computer, the song that was inspired by Rammstein's Pussy. But we took away the porn and we kept the stupidity. You want to give a final shout out to anyone Ole, before that? Uh, well, to my to my son Hoite for being such a sport and uh, being okay with me being his dad for a whole year. It's uh, it's fantastic, fantastic son. I'm very proud. Uh, see you next week, and Merry Christmas! Oh yeah! Oh hell nah, what's up dog? Iki! What? I'm a computer! Stop all the downloading! Help computer! I don't know much about computers other than other than the one we got in my house. My mom put a couple games on there and I played. <laughs> G.I. Joe!
you, Mark? He said, go. Hey, what the fuck? No way! <laughs> Suck my dust, bitch! <laughs> I believe I knew your mother, son. You know my mom? Would your name happen to be Johnny? Yeah. What's it been, 13 years? What? 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 14, my lord. It's like I'm looking in a mirror. Does your mother still hang out at Dockside Bars? Dockside Bar? Johnny, do you play baseball? G.I. Joe!